This evening's scripture is taken from Romans chapter 16, verse 12. Romans chapter 16, verse 12. And I'll be reading the second part of that verse. Salute the beloved Persis, which labored much in the Lord. Good evening and welcome to our worship service. We are thankful for the opportunity to be together. We are low in number tonight, but nonetheless, we're grateful for the opportunity to be together to worship God in spirit and in truth. I appreciate Raymond leading our singing tonight. I know one person who's very thankful that Raymond was here tonight, or is here, and that would be Matt. I thought Matt was going to do cartwheels down the, uh, the aisles just a moment ago when he found out that Raymond was here to lead singing, but we do appreciate Raymond being back to lead our singing, and I know that Matt would and could do an excellent job leading singing any time uh, the opportunity arises. And so we're grateful for each and every person here and for the great talents and abilities that reside in the church here at Olive Branch. And we're grateful for the privilege that we have of joining hands together and serving the Lord in this community. We're going to be looking at Romans chapter 16 at verse 12, the latter part of verse 12, as Matt read just a moment ago. We're going to be thinking tonight about a very special woman, a woman by the name of Persis. And so tonight we think about the beloved Persis. In Romans chapter 16, the Apostle Paul sends his greetings to a number of Christian friends. And I think that in chapter 16, we are privileged to see the number of friends that the Apostle Paul had in Christ Jesus. Those of us who are members of the body of Christ, we count the kinship that we have with one another to be a very special thing. And so tonight we're going to think about this very special Christian lady. No doubt there are many great characters that we read about in the Bible. You and I, we think about some of the great men and women of faith and we try to emulate the faith and the fidelity that they exemplified while upon this earth. But tonight we think about one of the more obscure texts in Scripture. Romans chapter 16, verse 12. Little is said about this saintly woman. As a matter of fact, to my knowledge, this is the only time her name is referenced in the Bible. And yet what is said about her, I believe, is complimentary of her and the great faith that she had in Christ. So tonight, the first thing that I call your attention to as we think about the beloved Persis is the person she served. Note what Paul said in the latter part of verse 12. Greet the beloved Persis who labored much in the Lord. Here was an individual that served the Lord. Paul writes in Colossians chapter 3 at verse 24 that we serve the Lord Christ. You see, Jesus Christ is the master of our life, individually speaking. He is the one that we have enthroned in our heart. He is the one that we have developed a very personal relationship with as a result of our obedience to the gospel. Here was a woman that was serving 
As Paul said, the King of kings and Lord of lords. Let me just pause here and ask this question. How personal is your relationship to the Lord? Sometimes I think we have an intellectual knowledge about the Christ. We know what the Bible has to say about his work while upon this earth. We think about his ministry, the lives that he touched. We reflect upon his great words, his great messages of hope, inspiration, and truth. But sometimes when we talk about our relationship to him, it's somewhat vague and abstract. I really believe that you and I need to develop a very personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, how are we going to do that? One of the ways that we develop a personal relationship with friends and even family members is we spend time with them. In other words, we set, a, we set aside a period of time in order that we might get to know them better. Well, the only way that I know that you and I can get to know the Lord better is through His Word. In Acts chapter 4, we read of Peter and John, and in chapter 3 of the book of Acts, they had healed a man that had been lame from birth. He was sitting at the gate of the temple called Beautiful. He was asking for alms of the people. When Peter and John came upon him, Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but what I have I give to you. And then he said, In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise and walk. Well, the fact that they had healed this individual created a great deal of turmoil in their lives. As a matter of fact, they were called on the carpet, so to speak, by the Jewish council. And the text tells us in Acts chapter 4 that these religious leaders took knowledge that Peter and John had been with Jesus. In other words, they, they came to realize that these men, these unlearned, untrained men, had spent time with the very Son of God. How much time do you spend with Christ Jesus? Here was a woman who labored in the Lord. The person she was serving was the Lord Jesus Christ. We have one gospel message. It is revealed unto us by four different gospel writers, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And they provide for us a biblical portrait of the Christ. One of the ways that you and I can develop a more personal relationship with the Lord is by spending time with Him in the gospel narratives. Sit down and read what the Bible has to say about the Christ. Think for a moment about what John the, Baptist, John the Baptist said when he saw Jesus from afar in the long ago. He said, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. John the Baptist viewed Jesus as the Lamb of God. Jesus identified himself in John chapter 6 as the bread of life. In chapter 8, verse 12, he is called the light of the world. In chapter 11, he is the resurrection and the life. He is called the true vine. He is the good shepherd. He is the door. All of these statements are made 
to give us insight into his character, his personality, and his nature. But here was a woman that served the Lord. He was, in essence, the master of her life. But now let's drop back for just a moment and ask this question. What was the motivation behind which she served the Lord? Well, I think ultimately the motivation that drives all of us to service in the kingdom of God is love. For example, John said in 1 John chapter 4 at verse 19, we love him because he first loved us. Love should be the catalyst that drives us to service in the kingdom of God. We think about this woman and other individuals that are spoken of in Romans chapter 16. They had developed a personal relationship with the Lord. He was the master of their lives and the motivation behind which they served the Lord was love. I like what the Hebrew writer said in Hebrews chapter 6 when he said that God is not unrighteous to forget our work and labor of love. You see, our labor is a labor of love. And so here was a woman who served the Lord. That was the person she served. But now in the second place, let me call your attention to the fact or to the thought of the place she served. Note again what Paul says, Greet the beloved Persis who labored much in the Lord. Her labors were in the Lord. Now you know there are a lot of good and very fine charitable organizations throughout our world. There are a lot of people in our world today that are involved in various works for the betterment, for the betterment of mankind. And I'm appreciative of some of the efforts that individuals engage in on behalf of the human family. But when we talk about Christian service, we have to understand that we are laborers in the Lord. You see, we have been baptized into Christ Jesus. We are members of the church of Christ Jesus. And our labors, our deeds are in the Lord. Think for a moment about the privilege and the opportunity of serving the Lord. Now, the text does not tell us what kind of labors she was involved in. The Bible simply says that she labored much in the Lord. That is, her labors were in the Lord. But in Matthew chapter 25, Jesus pictures the judgment scene. And he speaks to those on his right hand. And he said, I was hungry, and you did what? You fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, you took me in. I was naked, you clothed me. I was sick and in prison, and you did what? You visited me. Well, their response was, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or naked or a stranger or sick and in prison? And Jesus said, inasmuch as you did it unto one of these least of my brethren, you did it unto me. We have unique opportunities to serve the Lord. Our service in the Lord is for the purpose of bringing honor and glory to God. Paul wrote in Ephesians 3 verse 21 that God is glorified in the church through Christ Jesus. And then that familiar passage in Matthew 5 16, let your light so shine before men 
that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. What about the good works of this saintly woman? What about the good works of other faithful Christian women? Well, it very well could have been the case that here was a woman that was very benevolent in her activities. Now, all of us as God's people are to be benevolent, but she may have very well ministered to those who were in need. Paul said, as we have opportunity, we are to do good unto all men, especially them which are of the household of faith in Galatians 6 at verse 10. And James said, pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. We think about reaching out, extending hands of mercy, of help to those who are less fortunate. Brother D.O. a moment ago prayed on our behalf for those who have fallen victim, victim to some of the natural disasters of our world. We think about cyclones and earthquakes and other natural disasters that create turmoil and heartache in the lives of people. Well, you and I, we have the opportunity to minister to individuals to help them financially and other ways, individuals who are less fortunate than we. But then also, here was a woman that might have had the opportunity to teach others. I like what Paul said in Titus chapter 2. In Titus chapter 2, Paul wrote to the aged men and to the aged women. And he said that the aged women, or the more mature Christian women, that they were to teach their husbands, or rather to teach their, their daughters, their younger women, they were to teach the younger women, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, homemakers, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be blasphemed. I think one of the finest Christian duties or services a woman can render is by nurturing her household. Now, I know that there are a lot of people in our world today that frown upon those women that choose to labor in the home, but I'm convinced it is a very noble work. I think about women who not only labor full-time in the home, but those who serve double duties. That is, they labor in the home, and they labor outside the home. But here was a woman that might very well have been training, teaching. She may have been nurturing a family and other people. But we think about opportunities of service. This woman could have extended hands of benevolence to others, to those in need. She may have been teaching. And she might also have been a great encourager to other saints within the body of Christ. There are fine Christian women that have rendered services on behalf of Christ to those who are downtrodden, those who are discouraged, those who are in need. Paul said we are to weep with those that weep, to rejoice with those that rejoice. Opportunities of service abound. And then in Galatians 6, 2, we are to bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. This woman was laboring in the Lord, and no doubt she was doing a good work. But then thirdly, I want to call your attention to the passion 
with which she served. The Bible says, Greet the beloved Persis who labored much in the Lord. Now we're talking about her labor of love, the depth of her love. I really believe that Persis was passionate about her service in the Lord. Note what Paul says, Greet the beloved Persis who labored much in the Lord. Not just a little bit, but rather the Bible says she labored much in the Lord. Little is said about this woman. As a matter of fact, she labored in obscurity because the Bible doesn't really say a lot about her. But here was the Apostle Paul in a very general way saying here is a Christian woman that has labored much in the Lord. Think for a moment about our Christian duties. We talk about the areas of involvement of the work of the church, evangelism, edification, and benevolence. You and I have the opportunity to be involved in one or more of these areas of service. Now, I don't know what areas of service she was involved in. As I said a moment ago, it may have been benevolence. It may have been in teaching and training, nurturing. It might have been as an encourager. But here was a woman who labored much in the Lord. What about you? Are you laboring much in the Lord? Think for a moment about Jesus. Jesus took 12 men and he began shaping and molding these men for service. We know them as the apostles. And I understand that Judas Iscariot betrayed the Lord. He was later replaced and then the apostle Paul was added to the apostleship. But nonetheless, here were individuals that were schooled by the Lord Jesus Christ. As Luke records about Peter and John, the Jewish council, they took knowledge that these men had been with Jesus. And so, these individuals that had been with Jesus literally set the world on fire. They labored for his cause. Why did they labor for his cause? Well, because they loved him. Because they had been taught to serve. Now think about this particular woman, a woman by the name of Persis, of whom it is said she labored much in the Lord. I asked the question a moment ago, are you laboring much in the Lord? You and I, we have chosen to be here tonight. Jesus took this small band of individuals and made them great servants of the Lord. You and I are the nucleus of this congregation. There are some that have chosen not to be back tonight. What we have to do is inspire them to want to come back to services on Sunday night, to want to attend Bible study on Wednesday night, to want to attend Bible study on Sunday morning. We have to encourage them. We have to serve as a catalyst. But you and I are basically the nucleus of the work here right now. 
Now, the point is this. If Jesus could take a small band of men, train them, tutor them, nurture them, and they could revolutionize this world, you and I can do the same. I know we can do the same. If we have a heart of service, we talk about our Christian duties. But you see, when you talk about Christian duty, it has to be more than just duty. It has to become desire. And so my prayer, my plea for all of us and for those who may not even be here tonight is that we would reach a point in time in our Christian service where duty becomes desire. In other words, somebody doesn't have to try to motivate us to come back on Sunday night or come back on Wednesday night or be at Bible class on Sunday morning or be a part of the work of the church, the various areas of service, because we want to do that. It is a desire. It's something that we want to be a part of. In Luke 17, verse 10, Jesus said, after you, have done that all, after you have done all that which has been commanded, say, we are unprofitable servants. We've only done that which has been commanded. You and I, we cannot work our way to heaven. We talked about that last Sunday night. But our Christian works are an expression of our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, we've been created in Christ Jesus under good works. And so what we want to do is develop the mentality that we want to be a part of the work, that we want to be involved in the work of the church, that we want to, to labor much for the cause of Christ. Here was a woman that literally knocked herself out for the Lord. The Bible says in a generic way, she labored much in the Lord. There is no ceiling on what you can do in your service for the King of kings and Lord of lords. What you have to do is decide where you want to serve and then start serving. Now to those of you that are serving so faithfully, I commend you. I am grateful to you. And my encouragement would be, let's join hands together. Let's do everything within our power to build the work of the church in this community. I began by talking about the person she served. We conclude with the passion with which she served. If you have passion for something, in other words, if you're passionate about a hobby or about a particular sport, then you're going to do everything within your power to be a part of that particular hobby, to support that sporting function or whatever. Go back to Acts chapter 4 for just a moment. I want to close with Acts 4 in light of what is said of this woman. Here were Peter and John. They had been called on the carpet by the Jewish Sanhedrin council. They had taken knowledge that they had been with Jesus. They had been commanded not to teach in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you know what they said? We cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. My prayer for those of us who belong to the church here at Olive Branch 
is that our faith would soar, that we would reach a point and time in our spiritual walk, in our spiritual journey, where we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. In other words, the elders don't have to ask us to be involved. They don't have to, to try to encourage us to be a part of a particular work, but we want to do it. We want to be evangelistic. We want to be involved in edification. We want to do the work of benevolence because it's a passion. The Bible says of Persis, she labored much in the Lord. May God bless us with a servant mentality. Would you pray with me? Our Father in heaven, we're so thankful for this day. We're thankful for the many blessings and opportunities for service that we have in your kingdom. We're grateful, Holy Father, for the church here. We're grateful for our leaders. We're thankful for these men, for their wives, for their faith. We're thankful for their love for one another, their love for the church here. And Holy Father, we're thankful for each and every member here. We're grateful for the service that has been rendered in days gone by, and we're so thankful for those who are laboring so effectively and faithfully today. Bless us, Holy Father, with a heart of service. Help us to develop a greater love for you, and help us to do everything that we can to broaden the borders of your kingdom in this community. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Tonight, if you're not a Christian, our plea to you would be to come to Christ. The Bible says that Christ died for our sins in 1 Corinthians 15, verses 1 through 4. If you believe that Jesus Christ died for your sins and you would be willing to come to him on his terms, then the Bible assures you that you can become a New Testament Christian. The Bible tells us we have to have faith, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. We have to be willing to repent, Acts 2, verse 38. Confess his name before others, Romans 10, 9 and 10. And then be buried with him in a watery grave of baptism, Romans 6, verses 3 and 4. Then we rise to walk in newness of life. We are said to be new creatures in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. If you're here tonight, you're not faithful to the cause of Christ, could we encourage you to come home? Could we encourage you to come back to the Lord? to become involved once again in service for his cause. Could we pray with you and for you as we stand and sing?